God Network News, where we give you a new perspective on events happening in our world today. This is GNN. This is God Network News, episode 66. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. This podcast is proudly listed at Podcast Pickle. In this episode of God Network News, that's GNN, not CNN, Crisis Network News, but God Network News, we are really excited to bring you five incredible testimonies that we gathered when interviewing five different missionaries working with unreached Muslim groups around the world, different places in the world, which we we cannot share for security reasons. But they are real faith builders. It really, really shows you what God's doing amongst Muslims today. And incredibly, I, I thought years ago that I was very surprised and happy that so many Muslims were coming to Christ It was said just a few years ago that there was more Muslims that have come to Christ in the last 20 years than in the last 1,400 years of Islam's existence. I thought that was impressive, but the last few years, the last couple of years particularly, we've seen a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Muslims and many Muslims having dreams and visions, but other things as well that have brought them to the Lord. So we're incredibly excited about these five testimonies, and we think that this will build your faith to see Muslims come to know Jesus. We love telling stories in the Middle East because it's a very oral culture. Uh, So let me tell you a story about storytelling. We have a a set of stories that we like to tell that lead to Jesus, that help our Muslim friends understand him. Uh, And one day, I I used to teach in an English center, and Easter was coming. So we deliberately put up an announcement in every classroom that the center will be closed for the Feast of the Resurrection because we wanted students to inquire what it was. So sure enough, I was finished with class that day. I was exhausted, had my bag on my shoulder. I was just making a beeline for the door to get home. I was so tired. And one of these students comes up to me. He's probably 19, 20 years old, Habib. And he goes, Miss, what's this about the Feast of the Resurrection? And I was like, oh, that's when we celebrate the holiday when Jesus rose from the dead. And then I was ready to leave again. And he's like, well, I don't really understand that. I sure would like to know more about that. And I was like, I'm going to have to stop or God's going to judge me. And so I stopped and I said, well, Habib, if I tell you just the story of Jesus rising from the dead, you're not going to understand. But if you have a little bit of time, I can start and tell you several stories that will help you understand why we celebrate this feast. And I go, do you have time? He goes, 
I have all the time in the world. So I said, okay, glad you do. Uh, anyway, it's a joy. Of course, it's a joy to share about Jesus, but I was tired. And so we go and we sit down in the little cafe that we had in the middle of our English center. And, and I began to tell him story after story that finally culminated in Jesus dying on the cross. And after every story, I'm saying, you know, are you bored? Do you... you do you want me to stop or do you want another story? He's like, no, I love this. Tell me another story. So I get to the end and that's kind of when you wait for the verdict. And I, I said, Habib, you know, not everybody. I realize not everybody embraces these truths. I want to know what do you think about what's written? And he goes, you'd have to be an idiot not to believe this. And I was like, true, good point, good point. And I said, but wait a second. I don't, want, I don't want you to tell me at all that you believe it right now because we kind of got sick of people believing and not following because there's a difference. And I said, don't tell me now. No, I don't want you to say you believe it. I want you to go home and you need to think long and hard before you come back and you say that you believe this because belief is not enough. Jesus said, anybody who wants to follow me must take up his cross. And that's, th let me tell you what this means. If you, by the blood of Jesus, have your heart washed clean, you can come close to God on this earth and you will have peace and joy like you have never had it before. You'll have relationship now with God and you'll have eternal life in the afterlife. But let me tell you, carrying your cross to follow Jesus will not be easy. You may have friends, you may have family who are not happy about that. You may have people who reject you. Your life could be in danger. Besides all that, you have to kill your flesh and what you want for your life to follow Jesus and what he wants for your life. So I don't wanna hear you tell me right now that you're ready for that until you've thought long and hard. And when you come back, if you wanna accept that challenge, you can tell me. Second challenge for you is if you decide to follow, you're gonna to wanna to follow with other people. And so I can connect you to some people like you, other Muslims who have said, yes, I wanna follow this Jesus because this is the way that I can come close to God. And I can introduce you to them so that you can grow and read from the heavenly books and find out more about Jesus. And I said, two challenges, don't tell me until after the feast. So sure enough, Easter came and went and we went back a few days later and he hunted me down in the English center. And he said, Miss, I want you to know that I thought about your challenges and I didn't just think about them, I thought hard about them, he said, he's so cute. And I said, well, what'd you decide? And he said, I decided to accept both challenges. I believe and I want to follow and I want to know other people who are like me, Muslims like me, that want to follow Jesus like this. And I said, alhamdulillah, which means praise God. I was like, welcome, welcome to the family. And I was able to introduce him with some guys and they prayed for him to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he got filled with the Spirit, he had a physical sensation. He could feel the Spirit of God uh, like chasing up and down in his bloodstream. And he was like, I can feel him, I can feel him. And he was so excited. And, and then later, to share the rest of the story briefly, later his father found his New Testament in his drawer and his father kicked him out of his house. And he was house to house to house um, suffering, greatly trying to find a job, trying to continue in his studies. And, all of this and um, I was struggling with guilt because I knew that this had come, this persecution had come on him for something that I'd shared with him. And though I know it was the most precious thing I could have ever given Habib, he's just this young guy and all oh, my heart was sad. And 
I was talking to him on the phone one day as he was like trying to um, kind of flee and go house to house to escape his father and his family. And I said, Habib, where do you feel like God is in the middle of this? Do you feel that he's far from you? He said, no, I feel like God is closer to me than my blood. And I, I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I said, that's so true. He said, do you regret your decision that you made, the challenge that you accepted? And he just said, never. I never regret this. Just like that. And shortly after that, he disappeared. And we haven't seen him for years. We haven't seen him, never heard from him, never saw him again. But I thought, boy, am I glad that I told him, this is the cost. This is the cost. Because he knew, he knew when the Lord opened his heart, the Spirit opened his heart through these stories, he knew what could happen. And he said, yes, this is worth it and I don't regret it. So we pray for him. We pray for him and we trust him with the Lord. I've had the great privilege of living and working amongst Muslims for the last 22 years and ministering amongst them and just have gotten to see God do some great things. And just one of the things I wanted to share today was just a, just a small tool. When people, you know, when they first meet Muslims, they wonder, well, how should I share? What could I share with them in just a really short period? You know, you meet somebody at a cafe or on the bus and you just want to share with them. Just one of the things we always explain to people that are newly coming among Muslims is that it's important to realize that uh, they look at the world and especially religion through quite a different viewpoint than your typical Westerner. Oftentimes Muslims, most times Muslims, they uh, they believe that people are born into a religion. So you're born a Muslim or born a Hindu or born a Buddhist or a Christian for that matter. And so often what we'll do is we'll start off with that and we'll say, you know what, it's true, you know. I was actually, I was born as a Christian, born, in, born into a Christian nation is what we'll say. And we'll, we'll draw a little circle there and, you know, put, maybe even put a C there, something like that. And then we'll talk about others, you know, you perhaps were born as a Muslim, born in a Muslim country. And we'll, we'll put a little M there for the Muslim. We'll do a, maybe a, another circle for a B, Buddhist, you know, another circle for Hindus, H. We'll say, but in the beginning, it wasn't like that, obviously. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, they lived in this beautiful garden where they communed with God and had fellowship with God. It was an awesome thing. But then what happened? Well, Adam sinned. And because God is completely holy, Adam had to leave the garden. He couldn't be in God's presence anymore. And so for many, many years, people have tried all sorts of things to get back to God again. Well, just over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came preaching about the kingdom of God which is, is very similar to the garden that Adam and Eve were first in. And he said, he said, there's the kingdom of God, which is the presence of God. It's where God lives. And he went on to say, I have made a way for you to come into it. And it's a way for people of every religion. And as we're, we're sitting explaining this to our Muslim friends, we'll say, you know what? We said, said, I was born in a Christian country. And then when I, we'll share a little bit of my testament. When I was 14 years old, uh, I actually came into the kingdom through Jesus. And he completely changed my life. And I'll tell them how I know Hindus that, that in the same way through Jesus, they've come from their Hindu background. They've come into the kingdom of God. And we'll draw circle like that, you know, from the Christian you come into the kingdom of God. I, said, I even know Muslims who, they were born in a Muslim nation, but they too, they wanted to know God more. They wanted to be in a relationship with Him. They wanted to be close to Him. They too, through Jesus, have come into the kingdom of God. I'd love to tell you more about Jesus and the way that He's made, and, and if you want to hear more, uh, I'd love to tell a little story too, just a, um, 
just a couple of years ago, actually, uh, we had this, my wife went through some really difficult things, uh, just real health problems. And so we're looking to go, what can we do just to, to kind of lighten her load a bit and make life easier for her? And so, so one of the things we thought, well, if we could get some house help to come in once a week, just to do some cleaning and things like that, it would be so helpful. And so we asked around and finally through a friend of a friend, uh, this lady came and she was gonna help us once a week cleaning house. And when the lady first came, I gotta be honest, I, I took a look at her and she was, she was wrapped, she had this scarf around her face, looked very religious and, and kind of dour and, 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 and severe. And I just thought, oh, my thought, my heart, God forgive me. But I looked at her, her outside and I went, oh man, she's not interested in Jesus at all. Okay, well my wife, she looks at everybody and thinks they're completely open. And so first day there, she sat down with this lady and shared the gospel with her. Uh, actually shared her testimony with her, what God had done in her life, and then shared the gospel. The, the, a week later, the lady came back and to do some more cleaning. And again, uh, my wife sat down with her and this time shared this kingdom circles thing with her, okay? And just told about the kingdom circle and how my, my wife shared about how she came into the kingdom. Said this lady, she too could come into the kingdom of God. Well, the very next week, this lady came back and the first thing she did, she walked in the house, she sat down with my wife at the table. With her finger, she drew a circle on the table and she said, how do I get in? I want in the kingdom of God. So she's been walking, that was four years ago, she's been walking with God ever since. So it's just a helpful tool to be able to explain to people uh, that, that doesn't matter what religious background you're from, God wants a relationship with you and he wants you to come into the kingdom. Nobody is born saved, but through Jesus you can get saved. Fabulous, man. That's a well, when Jesus said go, you know, sometimes we don't quite know where to go, but he gives us some, some clues. And uh, when, when I went uh, following God's call to go into the nations, he gave me the word Indonesia. And then when I got to Indonesia eventually, you know, where do I go? Indonesia is so vast, so huge. And after praying and fasting, he gives me some friends. And, um, and through praying and fasting with friends, we were led to a region in Indonesia. And, um, and even in this region, it was so vast. How many people are there? there are millions and millions of people. But again, following just what God is saying and putting uh, pieces together in the relationships that we've built up, we meet one person after another. And following those people, we just, get to meet all sorts of amazing things that God is already doing out in the field, out in the people groups that we're trying to reach there. We were thinking, what do we have to do? And actually, God was actually doing stuff out there. And I just want to tell you one of the stories that, that happened um, when we were going out. These sort of things we, I read about, these, sort of, these are the sorts of things that, um, that I think, wow, this, this sort of thing happens to amazing people. Um, but there I was, as I went out, God was unfolding story after story of what he was doing out on the field. And uh, one day I met a man who, uh, in the village that he was uh, living in, he was one of the spiritual leaders. And, uh, and there we were, we were having tea, and then he started to explain his story. He was um, <coughs> uh, quite a few years prior to me meeting him. Um, he had an illness and during this illness it became uh, fatal for him and he died. And so in that religion people were buried within 24 hours of dying. And so the whole village came to, uh, to, to bury him. And during the ceremony um, he came back to life. It was, you know, 
wow, this is, this is not one person uh, witnessing that this man came back to life, but practically the whole village. And so they question him, what happened? What happened? How come you came back to life? This man had died for over two hours. So people had know, people know that he's died. Anyway, he couldn't explain. All he could explain was, well, when I died, I went up in my spirit state and then someone met him along this path. And this person told him, go back, your time isn't up. And so that's why he came back because the man told him to come back. So anyway, after coming back and everyone was amazed, no one really understood what was happening. And after some time, because he was still ill, um, he died again. So this man that came back to life died again. And so this time, well, it uh, was something like four hours after the uh, person had died. So even more people from the village had gathered and ready to uh, take him to the um, burial site. And so, um, <clears throat> and again, he came back to life and the whole village was amazed. How come you came back to life? This is impossible. No one had ever witnessed this sort of thing before. And again, his story was the same. He went up in his spirit state, he started walking, and he met this very same man. And this very same man told him, go back, your time is not up. So he came back, and that was why he was there. And so the whole village was amazed. No one understood what was going on. No one knew who it was who told him to go back. All he knew was this man told him, to go back and then to cut the long story short one day this this uh, spiritual leader uh, he came and he met a man and this man happened to be the friend that uh, God had led me to uh, to help with reaching this people group and uh, and so uh, the the social thing was to get to know each other and after getting to know each other he started sharing some stories and during this storytelling of course the event of him rising from the dead came up and uh, there my friend was and he, he he doesn't normally do this but he he, he has a picture in his uh, in his wallet and so after the old man shared his story he pulled out a picture that was in the back of his wallet and he opened it up was it this man who told you to go back and he said Yes, that's the very same man who told me to go back. And you know what the picture was? It was a picture of Jesus on the back of his wallet. And of all the, number, of all the pictures of Jesus that there are, and all the different paintings, it was the very same image that he saw um, on, the, on the back of that man's wallet as, as the man who told him to go back. And that was the opening for the gospel in that particular village. And so this was, this was uh, a miraculous event, um, but God allowed us to be a part, of, a part of it in helping share the gospel in his particular village. And even though that uh, old man um, is still not 100% well, he's still a spiritual leader, but now he's also a follower of Jesus. God is doing some amazing things amongst Muslims and I just love to tell you a story about uh, a lady that got saved just last week. My wife went over to visit a friend and, and while she was there, uh, this friend, friend's friend came over to visit her 
And uh, the first thing the lady said is, please, she said, I am just continually harassed by evil spirits. She said, can you do something for me? I, I, I've gone to psychologists, they couldn't help. I went to this counselor, he couldn't help. Is there anything you can do to help me? And my wife responded, she said, well, there's just one thing I can do to help, and that's, that's Jesus, lead you to Jesus. And, and the lady said, I'm so desperate, whatever it takes, she said, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And so my wife right there just led her in a prayer. Just the lady gave her life to Jesus right there. Well, she sat down, just a, just a couple minutes later, she sat down, there's a bunch of ladies there, sat down to eat, and, and she turned to my wife and she said, now, what was that name again? Can you tell me that name again? And my wife said, well, it's Isa Messiah, which is Jesus, Jesus Christ. And, and so the lady, she says to herself, she's just right there at the dinner table, she sits down, she says, Isa Messiah. And as she did, faith just began building up in her heart. She said it a second time, Isa Messiah. And all of a sudden she goes, Oh, 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 she says to the ladies, you're not going to believe this. I can just feel the love of God. It's filling my heart. And, and, and the evil spirits, they're, they're leaving. And, and this is so wonderful. You guys, you got to feel this too. This is so incredible, she says. She turns up and she actually stand, stood up and started dancing right there in the spot. Got my wife up, had her dance too. She says, this is the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. So right there, God is just touching Muslims in just small ways like that that turned into big things. And, and hopefully, yeah, we're praying for our husband now, for the whole family to get saved. So that's just a little story, something God did just last week amongst the Muslims. Yeah, so I've been working in missions for 20 years and been in a lot of nations, many Muslim nations. And just recently, I went on a trip uh, to Saudi Arabia and saw some amazing things. Uh, actually met some people who uh, love Jesus. And so what happened is I had a friend and I, we wanted to go into Saudi and we uh, had difficulty getting the visa. And so I ended up uh, uh, sending my passport in to the Saudi embassy and uh, they said they wouldn't be able to give me a visa. And so we weren't sure what we were gonna do. And this friend of mine remembered that he had a contact you know, one of those things, I have a friend who has a friend. Well, his friend uh, had a friend in this city in Saudi that just so happened we wanted to go to. So he sent his friend a note and he said, sure, I'll help you out. And it uh, wasn't too long after that I got a letter in the mail, an invitation letter. So I sent it in uh, with my passport to the uh, Saudi embassy and no problem. They gave me the visa and so... So we ended up meeting in Dubai and we flew in uh, to this city in Saudi Arabia. Uh, just a couple days before we flew in, my friend had received an email from the office of this man who had sent us the invitation letter saying somebody would be at the airport to pick us up. And we were surprised at that because uh, we had no relationship, had never heard of this man or met him before. But sure enough, we got to the airport and uh, there was a man there to pick us up and uh, took us to the hotel. On the way to the hotel, he said that this, uh, this Saudi person who is a very, uh, very influential man in Saudi Arabia and actually uh, very influential in the relationships between the West and the East, uh, one of the most influential people in the world actually, uh, we found out on our way to the hotel that he was going to come and visit us in the uh, lobby of our hotel. So we were uh, surprised, to say the least. So we got down there. It was about 7 o'clock in the evening when he was to come. And so we were sitting in the lobby, not sure what to expect. And we see this man walk in, and he walks right up to us because we're the only Americans, obviously. <laughs> so he knew who we were. So he walked up, and we, uh, we started just to talk, just to get to know each other. 
and he asked a question. He said, uh, why did you guys come to Saudi Arabia? And the friend who was with me uh, said, well, we don't have an agenda. We came because we want to tell people about Jesus. And I wasn't sure if that was a good answer at the time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so this Saudi guy kind of leans back in his chair there sitting in this lobby. And he says, okay. He said, uh, I am a Muslim follower of Jesus. Well, we didn't know what to do with that statement. I had never heard anything like that before. Uh, but he was very nice, and then uh, he, he surprised us. He's getting ready to leave. He said, tomorrow I'll come and pick you up, and we can go swimming in the Red Sea. And again, this is a very influential, very wealthy man. We had no idea. None of this was planned ahead of time. And sure enough, he shows up the next day at 1.30 and picks us up, takes us out to his chalet on the Red Sea, and we go swimming and had a great time. It was in a development that was uh, built by the Bin Laden family. Uh, he knew all the brothers and sisters of uh, Osama, and uh, very interesting time. Anyway, so uh, he's taken us from there back to the hotel after we're done swimming, and he says, uh, by the way, we have a dinner engagement tonight. And we were really surprised because we had no idea. And so he picked us up, or actually he sent a driver to pick us up, took us to this man's house, and we walk in, and there's a group pretty large group sitting around in a circle in this living room, very beautiful house, large living room. Uh, there was a sheikh from Mecca who was there, uh, some very influential people. And we walk in and come to find out they're all there to meet us to talk about Jesus. And we are just like uh, shocked. We just don't understand. None of this was planned. We don't know these people. And uh, so we're sitting there for probably an hour or so before dinner talking. And uh, one of the men says, uh, just sitting there, just, bold, just boldly, he says, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I said, I, I have never heard a Muslim say anything like that, sir. And he said, uh, well, that's because most Muslims are stupid. And I was kind of shocked at that. And by that, he, then he clarified it. He said, I mean, they haven't read their own book. So we left the dining room and went back into the living room. And we're sitting there continuing to talk about Jesus late into the night. And at one point, I remember uh, the friend who we had met who had taken us swimming, uh, this, this amazing man. He, uh, he kind of leans back on the couch. And he just says this, he goes, you know, after all we've talked about, he goes, it just really comes down to this. It's Jesus plus nothing. And I thought, wow, what a strong statement. So we left there and headed back to the hotel. It's probably 1.30 at night. Got back to the hotel and on the way, uh, apparently they had set up another meeting the next day for lunch. <laughs> so we went out to lunch and had a good time. Uh, took us for a little tour of the city. And on the way back to the hotel, they said, uh, yeah, we have another dinner engagement tonight. And we're going, what are you, this is amazing. So what happened that night is we, uh, we were picked up by a driver again, and they took us to the house of a major general in Saudi Arabia. And uh, we walked into this beautiful home, looked to the left, there was a in-ground, indoor swimming pool uh, just an amazing place. We walk into the living room and he's there with some others and they're there to talk about Jesus. And we're going, this is amazing. 
at one point they had, they had asked uh, if there's something that we'd like to see. And I said, yeah, I'd like to go into Mecca. And they kind of laughed. They said, that would be easy. All you have to do is say this creed three times. And so I kind of laughed because I knew what they were doing. And anyway, so we, we had a good time. I said, well, I can't do that, but uh, thank you. And anyway, so we, we went from there and just continued to enjoy uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, we were sitting at a Starbucks the next day and got a phone call from this friend who, again, is, uh, had all these plans that we had no idea. And uh, he wanted to pick us up that evening and take us to his house. And so sure enough, we uh, went to his house. He had actually bought five homes by, next to each other and connected all of them. So you can imagine it was quite a place. And we were sitting there and into the late into the night talking about Jesus and with his family. It was probably 3.30 at night. We finally left, or 3.30 in the morning, headed back to the hotel. And uh, we got to the hotel, and he reached back, put his hand on my knee, and asked if he could pray for us. And we said, sure. And he prayed, and uh, we got out of that car and started walking up to the hotel, and we... We just felt in our spirits that this guy really did know Jesus. And, uh, and so I, I just learned uh, from that, that uh, first of all, Muslims are very interested in talking about Jesus. Uh, if they have decided to follow him or not, they're still interested, they respect. Many will say that they even love Jesus. Uh, but something else that I'm seeing is many Muslims are actually becoming followers of Jesus. And what that all means, that's not for me to decide, I'm not sure. But uh, I met some people who are following Jesus who I would guess are actually in the kingdom. And, uh, and so for those who go and go into uh, Muslim nations, I think there's no reason to really be afraid. Uh, we're not there to talk down anything that they do believe in, what we're there to do is to talk about Jesus. And, uh, and they'll, they'll listen and, and they're interested. And because of that, uh, that's what we need to be committed to doing.